welcome back to another episode of Too Much Podtar. And finally back and finally at news just a couple of days ago of an MLB season, 60 game season coming up. Uh, the spring training 2.0 is starting, what was it, July 1st? And then we get the first game of the regular season, July 26th, I believe it was. Um, so. Yeah, it's exciting getting some of these sports back, and we actually got to, even though the MLBPA couldn't get to an agreement, uh, MLB and PA and their and the owners couldn't actually get to an agreement. It was the season is, was implemented by Manfred, uh, and they agreed on the terms. So it's not looking good for you know after next year for the new CBA. But as of now, and now we hopefully get a season here and not have any more cases of you know COVID. And not have to stop again. So hopefully get the season in, and then move on from there. But yeah, I got uh, Sam Sam Snyder uh, and Johnny Black on for this episode. Uh, Sam, it's his first time on one of these pods, so welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Yeah, and Johnny, of course, is uh, you know returning guest, kind of slash co-host at this point. Hey, what's up, Alex? What's up, Sam? Nice to talk to you, Johnny. Yeah, so I guess we'll start off. Like, what are you guys' thoughts on this new this this season that's going to happen? What you know is it going to count? Do you think? So I've seen a lot of people say, "Oh, it's not going to count. It's not going to be a, a real champ. The World Series champion is not going to be a real champion." Wait, uh, which I have my thoughts, but I'll, I'll ask for yours first. Uh, well, I mean, for me, I had this conversation earlier today with um, uh, a couple other people. And uh, in my opinion, with everybody starting from the same point, I, if they if they finish the season, which I think is a concern still, um, if they finish it, uh, I believe the World Series champion is the World Series champion. Yeah, I don't think it deserves an an asterisk or anything like that. I I think, you know, surely some people will write about it in the future and say, um, you know, put in parentheses shortened season or whatever um but i believe the champion is the champion the playoffs are the playoffs my only issue is uh individual awards um you know if a guy over 60 games hits 425 which i don't think is going to happen but it could uh, or a starting pitcher as an ERA of like, you know, 0. 0.8. Um, I, I don't think that those can stand without an asterisk. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. I saw, I saw a couple of opinions on that too today on Twitter about saying how the regular season stats not so much the stats i mean obviously they go to your career their regular season stats but like sam said if someone hits 400 is it really 400 is it really the first time in you know 
79 years that it's happened is, you know, stuff like that, like with the ERA and, you know, certain records like that. I, I'd have to agree with that. There has to be an asterisk. I mean, because it, it's not even close to a full – I mean, it's not even a half a season. You know, if you right. did it – if they – if we missed the first month of the season and it happens, then I'd be like, all right, you played 130 games. All right. You know, I could see that. But with 60 games, I mean, anything could happen. I mean, we saw, you know, a lot of a lot of things have been talked about, like last year. Look at where the Washington Nationals were after 60 games. You know what I mean? And they wound up winning the World Series. So, yeah, you just don't know. You just don't know. I mean, as it stands now <clears throat> with the playoffs, yes. I mean, I think if you make the playoffs, you're going through the playoffs. I, I, the, I think the trophy has to stand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I agree with I agree with Sam definitely with that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that too. And, you know, like with a team like – there's a lot of th- teams that can end up being in the running, like with a short season, the team like – and I'll just I'll, like thinking about the White Sox seem like the White Sox or Reds can make a run. Like, so you get all these teams and it's, I think it's going to make it more exciting because then you kind of get all these teams just bunched together. You can go, a lot of teams start off hot and then kind of get onto a cold stretch in the, in the middle of the season. But now we might not even get something like that. So. Yeah, it's funny. We were, I mean, we were kind of joking about it earlier today. Um, about some really crazy teams being in the World Series, and uh, on this short a season, it's 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 not impossible. You know what I mean? It's you know the old saying: football is any given Sunday, but in baseball, it's pretty much any given day. A team can beat another team, especially if you if you get hot, and. Um, I think I don't think anybody wants to see uh, some of these teams in the World Series, but it's it's plausible. It's it's possible that that some could make it. Oh, I want to see Tigers Pirates World Series. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we joked about that earlier in the year. Yeah, Before, that... right in spring training when we were talking to Nick. Yeah, we joked about you know Tigers Pirates World Series this year. Woohoo! And this is before this happened, but hey, could you imagine? <laughs> I, it, I mean, and you know what? The funny thing is, in 2020, I would argue that it might possibly be the most watched World Series ever. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. Because everybody is dying for sports. And everybody loves an underdog story. So two crummy teams actually make it. And it's like must-see TV. I actually think it might even be better if it were like the Dodgers against the Tigers. Oh, yeah. Or like the, the Yankees against the Marlins. Yeah. Like a team that everyone <laughs> expects. You know what I mean? A team that like everyone expects against the underdog. Like, like if it's the if it's the Marlins and the Tigers, yeah, people will watch it because they want something to watch. But they're kind of both under the dog, so it's really no, you know, it's kind of just a fluke thing. But yeah. if it's the Yankees against the Marlins, <laughs> I think you might see a lot of people rooting for the Marlins. Kind of yeah. like well, you like gotta have. I mean, you you have to, Johnny. You have to have 
You, you, make a, you make a great point because you have to have a big market team in there. Yeah. Right. So big market versus underdog. I mean, that's – I mean, they'll make movies about it. Oh, yeah. I think Yankees Marlins bring even more storylines too because you have Jeter in there like as the owner. So the Yankees – him against the Yankees would be something. Oh, that's a good, that's a good point. I didn't yeah. think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like I mean the Super Bowl is not like that as much because you pretty much have fan bases everywhere and there's, you know, there aren't a lot of surprises really in the Super Bowl. But I just know, you know, when you have a team like the Patriots that seem to go there every year, you know, they've gone maybe basically half the time in the last twenty years. You know, teams like that when they play against, you know, even the even a storied franchise like the Giants or the Falcons or someone like that, like. Or the or the you know the Seahawks, it's like you have the Patriots fans and then you have everyone else rooting against them because they're the big bad, you know. It's almost like the Yankees, they're the evil empire. They're the big bad guys that you're supposed to win every year, you know. They always seem to land on their feet type thing. Like you know, there's no rebuilding. There's just retooling and blah blah blah. And you know, it, it's like the team that you love to hate. You know what I mean? So. They they kind of the Yankees kind of fit that Patriots mold. Whereas like every year in the Super Bowl, if the Patriots are there, you'll find a lot of AFC fans rooting for the NFC team because they don't want to see damn Tom Brady and Bill Belichick win another one. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's kind of like yeah. the Yankees that way too. Yeah, you know, and so. that's and that's a that's a really great analogy too because it wasn't that long ago um, that in the NFC wild card round in football um, that the New Orleans Saints, who was the darling, had to travel to Seattle, who went seven and nine and won their division. <laughs> Don't remind me. <laughs> and and, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot you were a Saints fan. <laughs> but, yeah. but you know what I'm saying, though. It's yep. it's what one of those underdog situations where you you know who's supposed to win but anything can happen and i mean i mean they measured like a, a like five on the richter scale during that marshawn lynch run oh my yeah. god yeah but i and apologize you i'm 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 getting i'm no. getting off on football instead That's of talking right. baseball we do that on the no, time so no, but the the analogy is right, though, too, because, I mean, just look at last year. Uh, you don't have to go back to football real quick, but just look at the AFC last year. Everyone loved the Titans. Oh, yeah. Remember the Titans? Like, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, who came out of nowhere, Derrick Henry just running over everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys were, you know, Mike Vrabel, the Belichick, ex-Belichick player and everything like that, beats the Patriots. Like, I mean – you know, that was the underdog story last year. Like you said, Sam, there's an underdog story every year in football when you go into it. And the same thing with every sport, pretty much. You kind of root for the eight against the one in basketball Agreed. hockey. You know, you kind of want to see that. You know, look what happened to the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. You know, they were they were so bad. They were the Washington Nationals of hockey, basically, through January. They were outside looking in easily. And they just came in and ran a table. And for an original six-team to of the NHL to win their first Stanley Cup, you know, that was a big thing. You know, the Vegas Knights the year before. 
Yeah, and everybody in the league and everything. Like it's you know, it's always a good story. And everybody wants to root for the underdog. That's that's kind of what we do in sports. It's it's why everybody freaked out when um, uh, when Virginia lost in college basketball. It's the first time a sixteen ever beat a one, and it didn't matter if you were a fan of the 16, you lost your mind because you're like, this has never happened. And these are the upstarts and et cetera and so on. Yeah. And you tore up your bracket. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to shift to something else here. Uh, I saw today, just today that some teams are actually trying to get uh, 20% of fans in the stadium for like, for the season i don't know the whole all the details about it like how they're gonna do the social distancing and all that like i guess just have whatever 20 percent of fans is kind of you can spread out so i guess that would work but just don't know how it would work with how what fans are able to get tickets like how would you how would that how would you go about that i don't know i think my my biggest concern with that is um I don't, I don't hate the idea, and it's it's my understanding that it's a a state by state thing. And um, actually, Illinois was one of the ones that was supposedly willing to do it, although uh, the Cubs and the White Sox have already told everyone that they're not expecting to, at least not to start. Um, my biggest concern is. Sure, you can get them in there and spread them out, but show me pictures of the turnstiles. Um, show me pictures of of the bars or the parking lots before the game. Like you can say, sure, everybody here is is sitting apart and they're spread out, but what about the crowds that are lining through just to get in right that's yeah that's definitely a good point like especially i think if a game's going on there's going to be fans that don't even get like into the game that are going to be outside of the like the stadium trying to just have a like to have their own like get together or whatever right well and show me the concession stands while you're at it i mean uh, you don't work that out no there's a lot to consider there, definitely. The tailgating and everything like that. I mean, this goes with any sport, really. All right. We've I I spent. Um, I was telling Alex earlier uh, that I got a copy of the of the uh, agreement, and. Um, it's so long. It's like 40 pages long. Like these guys like to listen to themselves talk more than I like to listen to myself talk. And um, there's just so, so, so many rules and regulations. Obviously, we already talked about umpires and uh, uh, arguing calls and all that stuff. But like you can't spit. Um, you know, like I'm even, um, 
uh, sunflower seeds, uh, chewing tobacco, anything like that. You can't spit that stuff. You can't high five. You can't do this, can't do that. They're supposed to try to keep everybody apart in the dugout as much as they can, even though they've all been tested. Um, it's it's gonna. It, I think it's just gonna be really surreal uh, when it when it finally fires up. It's you know everybody right now is complaining about the new rules with the universal DH and. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff, but I, I don't think, I think they're missing the, what's, what's really going to be weird is when they finally see the product, it's going to be a, a really strange dose of reality. Yeah. Another thing I heard too, was that pitchers aren't allowed to use uh, the rosin bags either. Oh, I didn't know that one. Yeah. Like they, I heard something that they're gonna have to use like a wet towel or something to like have a get a grip. Like probably per pitcher, I guess. Like you get one wet towel when you, yeah, come in from the bullpen or whatever. I I would imagine. I don't know. I'm guessing. Yeah, it's pretty weird. It's gonna be. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be a change. You know, and a lot of people talk about like the. Uh, the crowd noise too. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're watching a telecast and you can hear the crowd, you know, and stuff like that and how weird. I mean, remember, I remember watching some of, if you remember, I think it was five years ago. What is, was it Tavon Rice? I think when Baltimore played yeah. the game without fans. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, the players were saying they could hear the announcers like from their booth like yeah. on the field because it's like, it's like a cathedral in the sense with the echoes and everything. I mean, you can hear everything. And it's so weird to hear it without fans. And, you know, they talked about um, pumping in fan noise and stuff like that. But I don't know, you know, are they going to do something like Korean baseball? Have like, you know, have like the stuffed animals in the yeah, stands? Stuffed like animals. The I think that, first of all, I, Personally, I think that's awesome. <laughs> I think that's awesome. It's, I mean, behind behind the batter, it's it it's 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 it's, awesome. it's outstanding. I mean, it's, dude, I want I want to see Jose Barrios pitching Aaron Judge with SpongeBob, like behind the umpire. That's what I want to say. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is what I want to see, dude. You know, I want this. I think it would be. Well, I mean, if it's gonna be this surreal and this weird then just embrace it and go go full on i mean baseball is already in this offseason and and alienated so many people that are so fed up either with the owners or the players um you might as well have a little fun and maybe somebody calls their friend and says, dude, you got to see this. This is, this is crazy. Yeah. And this is also how you get social media involved and market your players and stuff. I mean, when you have, like I said, like just say Jose Barrios pitching to Aaron judge, you've got SpongeBob and Patrick like sitting (laughs) behind the umpire or something, you know what (laughs) I mean? Like stuff like that, that's going to be on Twitter. It's going to be on Facebook. People will make memes out of it. Like, this is how you market. Mm-hmm. Granted, 
the concentration will be on SpongeBob and Patrick, not on Judge or Barrios. But <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, I mean, this is exactly how you get people to like have some fun with it again. Baseball has gotten they've gotten so stuffy. They really have. I mean, years ago with the bat flip stuff, the whole the whole Jose Batista thing. We all know how that worked out. Like right. His whole bat flip, and the next year Rugnet Odor punched him in the face and everything like that. We know how the how this stuff goes. It's the old the old guard yeah. trying to keep baseball etiquette and the unwritten rules in there. Like, come on, <clears throat> have some fun. Well, and that's and that's what's what's ridiculous about it. And I'll and I'll add to that uh, because I'm a Reds fan. Um, D- uh, Derek Dietrich admiring a home run, yeah. and it sparking uh, a, a really nasty rivalry with Pittsburgh of all people, um, because they threw at him, and then Amir Garrett and Yasiel Puig both. Uh, threw punches and challenged pretty much the entire team. But it's, it is the old guard. And at some point, baseball needs to realize that they're not really gaining new fans in the younger segment. And if they don't do something to fix that, it's going to die. Like it's at some point, they're just going to stop playing. And, you know, you could tell your grandkids there was a game called baseball uh, that people played all the time. But, uh, you know, it just kind of went the way of its fathers. I don't know. Just my opinion. I agree, definitely. It's got to – I mean, I grew up with it. I mean, Sam, you're – you know, you know too. Alex, you're younger. But, I mean, you know, we all grew up – with baseball, you know, for the love of the game and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know you, Sam, I know I have, like, I've embraced analytics. I've grown with the game. I'm into the bat flips and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I want these guys to play with some emotion because when you don't, this is what makes it, this is what takes it, takes baseball away from the, 16, 17, 18 year olds, the 22 year olds, the 23 year olds. This is what makes baseball appealing to the 60 year olds that grew up with it. Mm-hmm. But you're not getting any more fans. You're not gaining anyone. Isn't mm-hmm. this the whole point? Isn't it the whole point? You know, yet Manfred wants to institute these pace of play changes and things like that to get new fans. That's not the way to go about it. The game is the game. Sell the game. You don't need to change the game to sell it. Sell the game yeah. itself. I think and yes. sell its players. You know, it, it needs it needs to be more fun, and they need to embrace marketing and 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 say why it's more fun. I mean, it was what a a year ago, two years ago, a year ago, I think that their whole ad campaign was let the kids play. And then all of a sudden uh, the old owners can't come to an agreement um, to let the kids play this year. Uh, Many of which who kept saying, 
just tell us when and where. And I know that was, you know, kind of BS, but it's still, it's still kids and you're not going to get any more guys that are kids joining the game of baseball and playing the game of baseball the way a lot of kids in other countries play soccer from the time that they're, you know, three years old. You're not going to get any of that if you keep making it the old dude's game and making it just kind of, frankly, boring. I think what they needed to do this year too is like if since what they did in spring training, the you know miking up the players, since it's not going to only be on you only going to be able to watch it on TV. They should like mic them up for all the games this year, or some or at least a few of the players. I think that's a great idea. I I mean, even even if it was just one guy per team per game, yeah, that would help. Uh, but if you had multiple, that would be even better. Yeah. And so, even, even, go ahead, Alex. I was going to say, like, in spring training, they had it where they were, like, the announcers would be, like, asking them a question, like, interview. It would be basically an interview. But I think here it should just be, like, that. Just ha- they just have, like, a mic on them so they you can hear what they're saying during the game. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, baseball is so old and so worried about, like, the cursing and stuff like that. You know, Pete Alonso has been in the news recently because of that. He seems to be, like, the poster boy for, like, baseball has a cursing problem. You know, like, (laughs) you know, what? people just make stories out of nothing, I swear. It's, It's really, really something else. But, I mean, so what? If he pops the F bomb so often, you know, whatever. You got yeah. a second, second delay. Yeah, there's a delay, yeah. <laughs> you know. Not only that, too, I love that, like, in spring training, when they do those interviews, like, in between innings or whatever it may be, those things are great. Yeah. Because they're watching their teammates play. You know what I mean? They're watching the, the next guy up or whatever, like, they're in a dugout, and they're watching their, their buddy pitch or something like this. So you want to hear Pete Alonzo talk to the announcers about, oh, you know, what'd you look for last time up? Oh, Jacob DeGrom's pitching. Like, what, what do you think he's throwing here? Oh, like, you know, stuff like that. Like, just, you know, inside the game. You know? And it, it, this is what people want to hear. People love that stuff, whatever you're the sport. I don't understand why baseball doesn't do it more often. Especially with so much downtime. Right. I mean, this would cure a lot of the pace of play stuff because you don't have to just sit there, watch a baseball game, and listen to announcers for three and a half hours. You can listen to this player from in the first and second inning. You can listen to this player from the third and the fourth inning. You can listen to this player. Like, it's something to keep you more interested. So yeah, the pace I of play wouldn't have an issue then. I agree. I mean, like, I'm not a fan of, of the um, – uh, let's say, for lack of a better term, the all-star games in any sport. It's It doesn't really do much for me. I try to tune in when my guys are playing. Um, but overall, I don't really care. At least baseball kind of made the home field advantage thing, um, made the game a little more relevant. Um, but – you know, uh, last year, and I don't know if they did it the year before, but last year for sure, 
when they had guys mic'd up on the field during the MLB All-Star game, I was glued. I mean, I was like, yeah, I want to hear Mookie Betts talk. I want to hear Francisco Lindor talk um, and joke around and know their personalities better and all that kind of stuff. So I don't really understand why it's so out of the realm of possibility. Like I could get that you wouldn't do it in football. It's a 16 game season. You can't interview a guy. Every game is super super important um but you you got aside from this year you got 162 games in baseball you're actually telling me that that left fielder isn't already uh like hung over and doesn't care about the game today but put a mic on him like let's talk about it he's talking to himself anyway in left field yeah. <laughs> i mean you know really and it doesn't have to be every broadcast. I mean, do it for the national games. You know, and I know sometimes they do here and there, but, you know, I, I just think it could be expanded a lot more. Yeah, it's still pretty rare. I agree. Yeah, I think there was the one, I think, what was it, two years ago, the All-Star game, they had Bryce Harper mic'd up, and he would, he started talking about, like, the Cowboys because he's a Cowboys fan. So he started talking about, like, oh, Dak is going to go off this year or something, something like that. Like, See, that's the good stuff. That's the stuff everybody needs to hear because most, most fans are not just baseball fans. They're just sports fans. So you start hearing a player talk about somebody in another sport, all of a sudden your ears perk up. Yeah. Yeah, and the cross promotion, <laughs> just to, just even with that, I mean, but not only that too. It's like you know, you get to know. All right, Bryce Harper's a Cowboys fan. Wow, or he yeah. likes Dak Prescott, or you know, like you know, stuff like that. Someone talking about their fantasy baseball team, mm. they're like, oh, I hope he strikes him out because I got, <laughs> you know, I got Jake, <laughs> I got Jake Degrom tonight on <laughs> my fantasy team, like, you know I mean? <laughs> like stuff like that. Like you know, I want to see that. Like, I want to hear, like like you said, like someone like Francisco Lindor or Mookie Betts, like Mookie Betts in the outfield. Mm-hmm. I want to hear him say, well, I wonder what Cody Ballinger is doing. I drafted him in the first round in the fantasy league. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, now they're teammates, so that's a different story. But I'm just saying, like, that's the stuff, exactly what we're talking about. This is the stuff we want to hear. This is the stuff yeah. fans want to hear. Yeah, fans, I think one of my – Fans want to be – they want to be – they want these players to be relatable. And the advantage – that baseball has over football and hockey too, is that they don't wear helmets. You see their faces. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can recognize them. Yeah. Like I guarantee you, if you put pictures up of like the top 50 players in Major League Baseball, most fans wouldn't know any of, wouldn't know half of them except for the people on their teams or the famous players. Like Judge or someone like that, like someone who's been in a trout. But I mean, if you put Cody Bellinger up, do you think, do you honestly think like a Kansas City Royals fan, a casual Kansas City Royals fan is going to know who the hell that is? Probably not. Not Why without not? a Dodgers helmet. This is what I'm saying. Make their faces recognizable. 
Make them likable. Mic them up. Make them relatable. They're not relatable. They're not relatable. And you know what tells me that? Is this whole thing that went on this year. Billionaires against millionaires. It's just a bunch of rich people fighting. Because they see the players as millionaires. They don't see them as real people. We don't see the owners. We could say, oh, they're billionaires sitting up in their boxes, which they are. But a lot of people took the owner's side didn't see the players as players, as human beings. Mike Trout's having a kid. Bryce Harper's having a kid. They play fantasy baseball, fantasy football, just like everyone else does. They have fans in other sports, and they're fans of other players. We need to make these players relatable to the fans that pay money to go see them. And that is the issue that Major League Baseball has come into. And that was, that's exactly what needs to be fixed. They need to I be agree. seen. And, and, they need you know, to be seen. The... And the one thing, the one thing too, not to cut you off, Sam, but the no, one thing that, that was always a that was always a draw for kids playing baseball. You could be five foot nine, 180 pounds, and play baseball. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to be tall like basketball. You didn't have to be big to play football. You didn't have to have a super strong arm. All you needed was hand-eye coordination and a good bat. And this is what drew a lot of kids to baseball. And because the average guy could play it. And now we've taken that away. The mentality of it has been taken away because now we're not relating to these players anymore. The way kids used to relate to like Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, guys like that. We're not relating to these players anymore because now they're just millionaires. If you mic them up and make them relatable, like I said, they're fans of Bryce Harper's a fan of Dak Prescott. This guy, Mookie Betts, plays fantasy baseball, hopes this guy strikes out, whatever. You make them relatable again. You make them the average person again. They're not just millionaires on a field. They're actual human beings. They're actual players with a face and a voice. And I that's agree. what I think that's what I think baseball has gotten away from. I think it's I think it's fascinating. Um you know, there's been, you know, several work stoppages uh, in my lifetime, uh, either lockouts, strikes, what have you. Um, and this one is, it seemed a little different, but I still, from a lot of things that I'm seeing written on social media, there are still a lot of people siding with the owners or maybe not siding with them, but saying these millionaire crybabies are doing this, that, and the other. And I'm the first one on the keys to say, well, who gave that millionaire crybaby his contract? Cause I, I could tell you it's the owner of the team. And that's just baffling to me. They're like, well, why are they paid so much? I'm like, well, because the guy that you're siding with gave him a shitload of money. Yeah. 
Right, just I'm gonna shift gears a little bit. I, we talked about the you know the new DH role. I want want to like see what uh, go over some of the like best options for DH or that some of the teams have. I guess we can kind of run down uh, through that each division or whatever. See what and say what we th- who we think is the best option for DH. No, I'm terribly ill prepared for this. I mean, just whatever gets comes to your comes to your mind, I guess. Uh, so I guess we we'll start with the NL East. Go, just go with the Braves first. Uh, Braves. Who you got, Alex? I'm trying to th- uh, probably go with Ozuna because they basically signed him for his bat anyway. So. Yeah, he. I mean, he's not exactly fab. I mean, he's not horrible in the field but he's not exactly the most amazing fielder so I buy that oh yeah <clears throat> yeah I have to go with Azuna. I'm trying to think of anyone else on the team uh, unless they I mean unless they bring up Austin Riley yeah that could be an option too yeah. you know I mean because they still have Camargo I think too who could play yeah. third because they don't have Donaldson anymore so I mean something like that might work too well, you know, I mean, part obviously. of the other part of the other issue here is that they're going to open the season with thirty players on a team. Two weeks later, they're going to drop it to twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. Two weeks after that, they're going to drop it to twenty-six, and that's going to be the roster size for the duration. There is no right. expansion. For the playoffs, um, there's no, you know, bringing up extra guys or anything like that. So they really have to pick and choose. I mean, obviously, Riley is a great player, but they have to really pick and choose uh, who's going to be on that on that roster based on waivers a lot of times. Um, to run the whole fucking season. Right. Yeah, it's going to be used a lot, I think, especially in the beginning of the year when you have the 30-man roster and then go down to 28. Mm. I think it's going to be used um, a lot to rest guys. Yeah, even later on, Even when it comes down to 26, I mean, the, the, you know, this is Dave Roberts already came out with the Dodgers and said he's going to use it depending on matchups, depending on this, this, and that. So, I mean, as far as the Dodgers go, I know I'm getting ahead of ourselves, but, you know, he already talked about, like, Justin Turner, like someone who's had injury history. I mean, you can you can look at the Brewers with Ryan Braun. Like, you, you got to take the obvious guys on certain teams. Right. And never mind the fact – and never mind the fact that um, who knows – who's going to test positive and be quarantined or whatever. So certainly there are opportunities. I'm sure nobody is wishing for their, for a teammate to to get sick, but there's gotta (laughs) be some guys in the minors that are like, "Uh, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like cough on him a little bit when you go past him in the locker room. <laughs> right. 
I mean, there's probably already guys in the Rockies organization telling their families, well, I may have a chance because Blackman and two other dudes already tested positive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're going to see one of those showgirls type things. Remember the movie Showgirls? I don't know if you guys have saw it. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, trips it down the stairs like, yeah, oops. One of those things going on in a major league locker room. <laughs> and we're like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I coughed on your towel before. I didn't mean to. <laughs> Boy, that really, you know? um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. That really sucks for you. <laughs> sorry, out two weeks. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> uh, let's go to the Nationals now. Uh, I think the Nationals are pretty easy with Howie Kendrick. He's the obvious pick for DH for them. Yeah, I would say so. He's consistent. Yeah. He's consistent, and he's ninety years old, and he's still consistent. Yeah. Oh, he's a beast last year in the playoffs. <laughs> he showed up for them. And not only that, Howie, Howie Kendrick's weird, too, because he had a stat I remember reading. I mean, this might have been a year or two ago, so don't quote me completely on this. But he had a stat almost like Joey Votto. Like, Howie Kendrick went, like, three or four years without popping out to first base or second base or something like that. Like, something weird. Like, he didn't pop out to the infield for, like, three years. Wow. I love those like an odd, Like, an odd stat about him, and it, it was strange. Like I said, don't quote me on the exact numbers, but – it was something like that. I love those stats, and I thing. and I I would tell anybody that listened about Joey Votto with that. Stat. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah. That's an awesome. That's just amazing. Such an underrated hitter. Yeah, I guess uh, move to the Mets now. Um, I think if Cespedes is healthy, he'll be the DH. But you know, with him, you never know. So. But I think maybe Dom Smith is is an option. I think the Mets would go with Cespedes Cano, kind of platoon. Yeah. Maybe against righties, you know, because you could put McNeil at second. Right. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. And then have Cano with DH. And then against the lefty, maybe bench Cano. Yeah, Robbie's Robbie's getting a little bit up there. Um, I'm not saying he still doesn't field his position excellently. He does. Um, but he's getting up there. So he's getting to the point where you might want to put a kid in that position and, um, and, and have him DH. I agree, on, I, I agree that it's probably Cespedes, but I think you can make an argument for Robbie. Yeah. I think I agree with Johnny. They can they can definitely go with like a platoon type of thing there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they have the move to the Phillies. Uh, Jay Bruce is the, probably the easiest one there, but then I I would say probably McCutcheon could go there too since he's coming back from his torn ACL. He needs some rest, so he'll probably go there some days too. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think Bruce. I don't think I, I don't think I time. even knew. I don't think I even knew that Jay Bruce was on the Phillies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be there. I mean, and he'll be, he'll be the main DH. I think. 
Yeah, left-handed hitter. He's going to face righties three fourths of the time. So I mean, he'll be the main guy. If there's a tough lefty in there, maybe they, you know, if they have another right-handed hitter, they can move to the outfield. You know, if they want to move Kingery around or whatever, right. put McCutcheon. You know, give him a break. But yeah, well, be Jay and, Bruce. and Bruce was Bruce was actually. I, I haven't followed him nearly as much in the last couple of years, but as a Cincinnati fan, um, obviously I know him well. And he actually hit lefties very, very well in his career in Cincinnati. So I obviously you're going to play the matchups, but who knows? Yeah. And then to finish off the NL East, the Marlins. Uh, I'm trying to. Uh, uh, Adam, I'm actually, I'm actually gonna DH for the Marlins. Uh, I don't, <laughs> this is breaking, breaking news. I've yeah. been signed to the Marlins to DH. They did get uh, Jesus Aguilar, so I think that. There you go. That's probably the op- the one they go with. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh yeah, without doubt. They don't have Justin Bohr anymore, so no. Go with Aguilar. Yeah, that's that's an easy pick there. I think a lot of these are fairly simple. Yeah. I mean if there's the obvious choice like a Jay Bruce, you know, someone who's yeah, and Jay Bruce did hit lefties better, I think, when he was younger. But I think with the bat speed slowed down a little bit. I think it's just, you know, and plus matchups, lefties generally pitch better against lefties. So you can't always just look at the hitters' stats against them too, like Sam was saying. I think it's just, you know, it's just matchups. I think a lot of these guys are going to be rested as far as that goes. And you might see you might see a DH here and there that maybe it's a younger kid that got a cup of coffee last year that they want to see kind of what he does before they send them back down as they cut down – the rosters, because like mm-hmm. Sam was saying, they're starting off with 30 for the first two weeks, then 28, then 26. So maybe with the 30-man roster, when you start off, hey, maybe you want to see this kid, you DH him a couple days in a row. Yeah. See what he can do with the bat at the major league level. You know what I mean? Let's see. You, with the plans on sending him down, but hey, he also played. Now, I don't know how it's going to work out either, because I know you have to play for the team before September 1st to be eligible for the playoffs for that team. Now, how this year is going to work, I don't know. So does that mean that if the season starts July 24th, do you still have to play for this team? Do you still have to be on the active roster by on August 31st? To be Uh, able to qualify for playoffs or? I I I don't believe so. So I don't know how that's working either. There was another question I had, not to break up your your flow here, Alex, but there was another question okay. I had for somebody, and they said Lindsay Adler had something about it. Hmm. I was asking about um, how about guys who are on suspension? Domingo Herman, right, sixty-three games, and what about Miguel Pineda? I think they have my to... twins. Is it still the full games? I think it is. My understanding, it is. Yeah, I but, think, but yet. But yet, which I think is weird, Jeff Passan tweeted out that if the Toronto Blue Jays keep 
Nate Pearson down for seven days, they'll get an extra year of service time. Yeah. So that's a ratio to the 66 days that we're going to have in the season, provided it starts July 24th and it goes to September 27th. It's 66 days. So the ratio of seven days to 66 days is the same as 17 days to the 183 days of a normal baseball season. So if they're doing that with the players union, they agree to, like, I don't even know if that, like, I'm assuming they agree to it, that they can use that as one year of service time. That's your cutoff. Why don't they cut down the suspensions? I mean, cause a guy like say Miguel Pineda, Michael Pineda, Miguel Pineda, whatever he's, he was supposed to miss 39 games this year, which have been effectively a quarter of the season. So he's losing a quarter of his pay. Now, if you keep those 39 games and the players' contracts are prorated for the full pay for 60 games and you keep 39 games, he's losing 65% of his pay. Yeah. How is that fair? How is that fair? I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't know. But, you know what I mean? Like, it makes no sense to me. Like, the, the, I, don't, I don't think it is, but I, I do think that when they make a suspension like that, it's the reason it's number of games is because it's number of games. Right. So I, I don't know any better than you do. I, I can't, I can't speak to it uh, for sure. But I mean, it, to me, it sounds like if you were supposed to miss 60 games, then you're going to miss 60 games, right. regardless of the season. What was Herman's? Was it, I forget what his was. Was it 60 games? I think it was. Herman's, I believe, was 63. Yeah, so. Uh, that. Um, so he would miss 60 games of the season and the first three games of the postseason. Yeah. Suppose what I heard was if he – if the Yankees don't make the postseason, then his suspension will be considered served. Oh. He doesn't have to serve the extra three games in the oh. beginning of next year. But if we're right, but if we're right when we're talking about this, he could be eligible for the postseason, mm. and that that kind of changes everything. Yeah. Right. So he would be eligible for the postseason anyway. I mean, if it was a regular season. Yeah. He would still be eligible. Right. I'm just saying on the short one, you could be like, well, he can't play all season. Oh, we made the postseason. Now all of a sudden we got this dude coming back uh, and he's looked pretty good. Um, that would be, that'd be a story. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird if they would bring him back even. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, it does, if he does miss the whole season and the first three games of the postseason, do you actually bring him back? He has a pitch. Yeah, no, I don't think you know? they would. I'm just, I'm just saying it's a, it's an, it's an. I think interesting idea. I think too is it do you, I think once the postseason starts, I don't, I don't know if you're even allowed to bring anybody else on unless somebody gets hurt. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because they said once it gets down to 26 players. That's where you are. There's no expanded roster. 
I think other than, I think other than if, oh, and this would be interesting, other than if somebody gets the virus, you can replace them. Yeah. So wouldn't that be fascinating if somebody was like, yeah, um, that guy got COVID, so we're bringing Jermon in. (laughs) What if if somebody like faked the virus? Like, I don't know, some like the Yankees had Clint Fraser on there, and then I was like, "Oh wait, he got the virus, so we got we're gonna bring him on instead." Yeah, so we got to get rid of him, but we're bringing in this guy. That seems fair. There's Clint. so many questions. <clears throat> yeah, at this point, Clint Fraser wouldn't do that for the Yankees. Oh no, no, <laughs> no. he'd be like, "Screw you guys." Yeah. You guys have been trying to trade me for the past three years. Get the hell out of here. I'm not faking a virus for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, anyway, let's move to the central. Uh, Cardinals. Cardinals is kind of a tougher one, I think. But I feel like they would go with, like, kind of a revolving door with that with their DH because they have – they could just give, like – some of the other guys, they can give guys rests here, rest here and there. Like, maybe have Matt Carpenter go there since he's older. Yeah, I'd put Carpenter there. He's lost a lot in the field, too. Yeah. He's basically a first baseman at this point. I mean, if that, you know. I, I agree with that. And and the Central is one of those divisions where everybody's got players that play multiple positions. So if you got somebody that can swing the bat, why even bother throwing them out there? Right. Uh, let's see. Um, I guess the Brewers, uh, probably say Braun for the Brewers. Yeah, it's got to be Ryan Braun. Definitely Braun. No question about it. Yeah. He can he can still feel, but yeah. again, it's another guy that's getting a little bit older. They gotta bring up a younger guy to start start playing in that outfield. I think it's gotta be Braun. Well they have the outfielders now. I mean, I'm just wondering at first base, don't they have um they got Justin Smoke. Yeah, yeah. To play first. Yeah. I mean, so you could see Ryan Braun, Justin Smoke flip-flopping at first base i mean you know they, they got options there too yeah but they don't even need to flip-flop as long as you've got both bats in the lineup yeah yeah they also got uh Abisale garcia too for the outfield yeah garcia yelich and kane will be the outfield Yeah. Well, um, you never know who else they want to move around. I mean, like I said, day off of somebody. So, but right. Braun will be the main guy there. I mean, I he's agree. had back injuries. He's 37 years old. They could, you know, keep yeah. him as healthy as possible in case they make the playoffs. Is he 37? I thought he was 65. Oh. <laughs> yeah, probably closer to 65. Probably. His, his back Reds, is 65. Reds, Reds fans, Reds fans think he's 65. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Because he's been ruining us for years. He was on my Brewers, Matt Rushmore, actually. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, Ryan Braun. I mean, he's been well. He should be. Yeah, he should. Be. He's been here 15 years. He won Rookie of the Year. He's got an MVP. Say what you want about the steroids, 
stuff, yeah. but the guy's been a face of the franchise since 2006. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. And a lifer. <laughs> yeah, and he's a, a lifer. lifer. I mean, it was him, Molitor, Yount, and Bob Uecker. Yeah. <laughs> That's my four for my Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got to finish those up, too. Yeah. I'm working on the Twins one. Yeah. So we gotta... I'm, I'm a, little more, a little more than halfway done. I just want the Reds to be last. <laughs> Uh, the Yankees are You <laughs> just can't decide, Sam. That's why. It, it, I'm, I'm, I'm having a really hard time. Reds are tough. Imagine trying to do the Yankees one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel your pain. I think we're in the. I think we're in the same boat here. Yeah, Yankees, Red Sox. Those are the tough ones. Yeah, Reds, Dodgers. Yeah, Dodgers, Dodgers another one. Dodgers, I did that one. That was pretty tough, yeah. I had Giants, a... Giants too. Oh, yeah. I mean, long history. Yeah. Um, let's see. What's, what other teams? Oh, Cubs. It's got to be Schwarber. Yeah, I would think so. He's uh, he's useless in the field. Uh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, where are you going to play him? That's the thing. You can't play him in the field, really. Yeah. Uh, let's go to your Reds. Uh, who? Aquino. Put him at DH. Yeah. Take him out of the outfield. I think. I think maybe. It's um. It's like I said about this division that everybody's got. In this division, everybody's got so many guys that play so many different so many different positions. Um, so yeah, I think, or rest. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, I think I think it's Aquino, but I think we'll see Vado in there quite a bit. Although um, Vado is really underrated as a first baseman. Yeah. I'll and, um, yeah, he's going to want to be on the field, too. <laughs> he right. likes being on the field. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. He loves to play, man. He loves to play. He loves yeah. to talk to the guys on the base. He loves to screw with the fans. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think, I think Aquino is, is probably, probably the number one option. Oh, yeah. The Pirates, uh, right? Maybe Josh Bell for that, but I mean, maybe Polanco. I don't know. I think Polanco. Yeah, I would see Polanco. He's had injury issues the last couple of years, and yeah. I could see him going there. Josh Bell too. Josh Bell's younger though. Right. I could see Polanco there. Yeah, I, they're. I mean, they're both. They're both great hitters. Yeah. Um, so either one would be fine. Yeah. Here's another thing too. Like I was, I was just gonna mention like, what if they want to? They they can end up wanting to trade him too. But like this year, I don't know now what's gonna happen with that. What's what even is the trade deadline, or if is there even one at all? And if I didn't, I didn't see one. August thirty first. What is it? It's August thirty first. But even okay. then, trade. Yeah, it's the trade deadline. It's even August thirty first. Like, is anybody gonna want to trade people? this year like then you have to trade him and you have to go to a different city and like 
like with all this virus shit like that's yeah that's that's what's so weird about it i mean i don't think you're gonna see any major trades this year but you still got guys on last year's of their contract so it kind of sucks yeah it kind of sucks for the teams that are trading these guys because usually you could trade a guy for a rental for a couple months in the playoffs and be like, yeah, we'll get these prospects back or whatever. This year it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a lot shorter. So I don't know how much value are they going to have that much value? Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, and not only that too, well, with, with I think- usually when you get to like July 31st, some teams are out of it. I think at this point, if you start the season July 24th, I mean, on August 31st, we're going to be 30-something games in. It's yeah. only really half the season. So who's really out of it? Right. You know what I mean? So I don't know how many teams you're going to see making moves because so many teams will be still involved. I mean, you know, if you're 12 and 22 compared to 22 and 12, I mean, it's 10 games. Yeah, you only have a month left, but – I don't know. I just think it's going to be totally weird. Yeah, I don't know. I tend to I tend to think that um, some of the smaller market teams that are more concerned um, about losing money during this season, if they have a player that's in the last year of his contract. Um, they're going to try to move him as quickly as possible um, and his whole salary in order to a save money because there's not people coming in the gates and b just to get some prospects. If they don't think they have a realistic shot of running through the playoffs. Mm-hmm. This is, yeah, cool. I can see. Sorry. Go I can see. I can see that, Sam, and unfortunately, that's going to suck for a lot of fan bases because if you're like a week into the season and you're like a Kansas City Royals fan, and all of a sudden they trade like, you know, or any team that you don't think may be going anywhere this year, it's kind of, <laughs> it kind of really, like, usually by July 31st, you kind of know, and you're like, all right, right my team's rebuilding. They're trading this guy because, you know, fans accept that. At this point, if they try to trade a player, like, earlier than the trade deadline, you're kind of giving up on a 60-game season, and fans are going to be like, dude, everyone's got a shot in a 60-game season. What the hell are you doing? Like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, no, I think that's a, I think that's a great point. Um, specifically thinking about not even just guys in a contract here, but – guys that maybe signed a contract with an opt-out clause. Um, You know, for instance, uh, the Reds uh, got Castellanos, and he has an opt-out after this year. Now, do I think they're going to trade him? No, I don't. Um, But if stuff's not going good or we get a couple injuries and we're like, we might be screwed, and we think that he might just opt out, then, yeah, I don't know. Get what you can get. 
I forgot about Castellanos. He'd be the perfect DH for them. Oh, yeah. Because he stinks in the field. <laughs> he does. It's true. But, mo- but m- most of our outfield stinks. Yeah. Castellanos mashes, though, man. Right. That dude crushes it. He does. But, he yeah, he sucks in the field. Uh, Senzel has made strides, but he's not anything amazing. No. Uh, Winker. Uh, I like Winker a lot. I like Winker I, a lot. I think he's. Gonna... I like Winker a lot, but not again. Not in the field. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Aquino surprised me uh, because he was faster than I thought he was out in right field and did a great job last year. But any one of those guys could be your DH in Cincinnati. Yeah, you guys would actually be set. If you could settle Senzel down to be actually an average center fielder, you guys would be fine in the outfield. Yeah. But that's a question mark. And Senzel's had some injuries, and he's, the, you know. Some. Jesus. Yeah, he, the guy's – I mean, the guy's got – he's got vertigo. He's got migraines. He's got ankle and ligament issues. There's yeah. just there's just always something. And the Virgo thing actually I think is the one that bothers me the most. But I guess that's yeah. a story for another day. Yeah, let's go now to the Dodgers. I feel like the Dodgers is more they probably won't have like a real primary DH. I think they're just gonna have like guys go there for off days like like Matt yeah. Matt, Matt Beatty, Pete, Jack Peterson. They got 15 guys who can hit, so it doesn't even matter. Yeah. They're just going to rotate them all. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be it for them. Like, you get a day off, rotate. you get a day off, you get a half day, or yeah. half day off. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, I think Justin Turner is yeah. going to see a lot of time at DH to keep him fresh because um, he's one of the oldest guys on the team. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, they got a young squad, and a bunch of them can hit. I, I could see they're just going to rotate it. Dave Roberts will do his thing. Oh yeah, yeah. They've got a t- they've got a ton of hitters. I um, I agree. I think Jock Peterson is going to see a ton of time there, but I definitely can see Justin Turner getting days off from the field. The thing with Peterson is too, he's a very good center fielder. And then you so, got, I mean, if, if you have him in the lineup, Munce, and then you got Muncy and everybody got, yeah. you know, like you said, they've yeah. just got a million guys that can that can hit. Yeah, it'll just be a matter of keeping them keeping them fresh. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Dave, Dave Roberts is going to work that lineup. He'll have a different lineup all sixty games. Oh yeah, so, you know it's the way he works it. And for the D-backs, probably go with Jake Lamb because he's been he's had a lot of injuries. Oh yeah, uh, hands down, I think. Well, maybe they finally bring up Yosmani Tomas. <laughs> they bring him back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they paid the dude like seventy million dollars for six years. Yeah. <laughs> they still have him, I think, for one more year. Uh, yeah. It's like, what the hell? What the hell? Might as well bring him up. <laughs> that guy. That guy should have been a monster. 
Okay. But you're right. You game might as well do it. 60-game season, let's do it. And Jake Lamb's another one, man. Still a couple of years ago, the guy hit like 35 bombs. And got hurt, lost his job. That was it. For him. He's been he's been hurt a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, he he's like one of those what ifs. Yeah. Yeah. Because these guys have one or two good years, and man, they just fall off the cliff and you don't even know what happens. Wow. They just have a bad year. Injuries plague them. They try to play. They don't play well. They get released. They they lose their starting job, and then that's it for them. They just move on. I mean, Jake Honestly, stories that have all over baseball for years, <laughs> you know. Honestly, the um, another one, um, this is kind of a mishmash between Arizona and us just talking about the Dodgers. Um, if A.J. Pollock was still in Arizona, he'd be the hands-down DH, in my opinion. And definitely probably qualifies for the DH in, in L.A. I mean, the, the guy can flat-out hit, but he's another one that's been injured over and over again. Yeah. I could see that. I could, I could see that, definitely. I could see Jock Peterson playing in center yeah. and Pollock DH. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I think the Giants is probably one of the easiest. Hunter Pence, who was a DH last year, so, I mean – yeah, they have him back. Yeah, I think it's got to be Pence. Yeah. Yeah, good for him though. I always liked Hunter Pence, man. <laughs> he's one of those, he's one of those old school guys you just love to root for. You I've know? always hated I've always hated Hunter Pence. <laughs> <laughs> he's just such a, but he's just such a, like a you know he wears the high socks. Yeah. He's so un he's so uncoordinated. Like it seems like he's so uncoordinated. <laughs> like what he, whatever he hits or throws, like it's just, it seems awkward. You know, it's almost like Johnny Damon. Yeah. Like whenever I watch Johnny Damon play, like even when he hit, like it always just looked weird to me. And then when he threw from the outfield, he threw like a girl. Like <laughs> I don't yeah. know, like it was weird. Like not not to be offensive toward girls, <laughs> but I mean, it just like looked weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I know I know a lot of girls that could throw way, way better. There was this one play I remember, like, at the old Yankee Stadium where, where he tried to catch a ball and it, like, landed on top of the fence and it just stuck – it, like, stayed there. Like, it was, on the, it was on the top of the fence for, like, a good five seconds, like, just rolling around. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Johnny Damon and Hunter Pence, two, two guys – that I always thought were like the most uncoordinated baseball players yeah. I've ever seen in my life. They just look weird playing. They don't swing right. They don't throw right. But they've had success, hey? Who might argue? But I mean, you know, <laughs> it's just, they just look strange. Let's see. Rockies is next. Um... Probably Daniel Murphy. I forgot they even have him. But Murphy and Desmond. Oh, I forgot that too. Murphy and Desmond. Oh, yeah. Probably put two in there. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, Desmond yeah. played a field a little more than Murphy, but Murphy stinks in the field. He's always stunk in the field. Oh yeah. Now they got so, uh, I mean, they got Brendan Rodgers. They can. They, I think he'll be up soon. Like they, he was injured last year, but I think this. Like I don't know, maybe not this year, but I don't know. Yeah, well, that's what they said about every Rockies player for the past four years. Like, like they never bring him up. Like even. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true, man. Even before he was injured, they were like they should he should have been up already, and then they just they didn't bring him up. So Brendan Rodgers, Ryan McMahon, and Garrett Hampson Here, yeah, Garrett. have been like prospects for the past five years. Like when are you bringing it? I understand I you have you have Story and Arenado on the left side of the infield. I get it. But I mean, really, <laughs> yeah, you can't find a place for these guys. <laughs> Hampson's twenty-five now. Like, what the hell? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, are you gonna bring these guys when they're you know? What the hell? Colorado's classic for that, man. Yeah. Well, look, I don't know what the I don't know what uh, Arenado's war is. I'm assuming it's very high. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I don't have his fielding percentage in in front of me, but I know that he's good. Yeah. Um, but when you've got an asset like that that you're clearly trying to move, do you consider putting him at DH to try to avoid any extra injury so that you can ship him off to somebody else? No. No. His fielding is <laughs> okay. a, a large part. All right. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's two no's. No, not at, not at his age. Yeah. And not – not the fact that they signed into an eight-year extension last year. That, I mean, oh, I forgot, oh I forgot about the extension, but still. Yeah. No, but I don't. still, I think they're gonna they're gonna move him if not this year, then next. They're gonna play him at third because he's, I mean, he's a vacuum at third base. He's one of, he's a top three defender at third base. He's probably a top ten defender at third base all time. No, that's point. fine. I was just pl- I was you just know, playing devil's advocate. Yeah. About, no, like, I see what you're saying. I definitely see what you're saying. Protecting protecting your assets. Protecting your assets. Before you yeah. try to sell it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I get it. But part of his asset is fielding, and yeah. I think yeah. I think not only that too. At least going into the year, all right. DHing them maybe once or twice once they cut down to the 26 man roster, depending on where Rockies are. I can see it. Well, sure, but. But at the beginning of the year, with a sixty, with a sixty game season, I mean the Rockies have a shot just like anybody else. I mean they're not going to bench. Well, they're not going to DH their best. Do they though? Player. Do they? Do they have a shot though? They actually do. They actually do. The Rockies actually would. You know, it really wouldn't surprise me. No. I disagree. Well, you know what it is with that? It's because they're not going to be traveling as much. So the the hangover from going to Coors Field to somewhere else may not be as bad for their hitters or as long or as more Good often. Point. And they do it. I mean, Herman Marquez, John Gray, what he did second year of the second half of the year last year, they, the pitch is not horrible. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. And now with the new divisions, I mean, look at, look at who they're going to be playing. I mean, yeah, they play the Giants. The Giants stink. Right. You know. 
Arizona's a decent team. Dodgers are good. All right, that's fine. San Diego, eh, they're young. We'll see. I, I like San Diego. Yeah. You know, but they're also playing they're also playing the Angels, who I think could be a dark horse in a sixty game right. season. Yeah. If Trout's an absolute who knows with Trout. He he could have one of those like absolute beasts of like a sixty game stretch where he hits four ten. Well we <laughs> 20, should we, and twenty five on runs, but yeah. you know, we, well, we should we should, be so lucky. we should we should mention that. We should mention you that know. because Trout can opt out because his wife is pregnant. Right. Oh. This is true too. I don't see I don't, I don't think he will. I'm just saying. Harper too. Yeah. For the Phillies. These are the things oh, that – see, that's the tough I, thing. Don't even put that in my head because Garrett Cole's wife is also pregnant. See, these are the things, you know, you don't know. I'm just talking about if everyone plays. Yeah. If everyone it's plays. It's almost like you – know. it's almost like instituting the DH and the NL – which a lot of purists don't like because it cuts down on strategy. It's almost like the opposite is trying to look at this season and seeing who is not going to play as a strategy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm, going, I'm going on the premise that everyone's playing at this point yeah. because no one's opted out yet. So well, I think you I think you have to, yeah. You know. But I think I honestly go back to the Rockies. I mean, I think they honestly have a realistic shot. Yeah. They were in a sixty game season. I mean, look, they're playing the Mariners, they're playing the Angels, they're playing the Rangers. A lot of people I know are on the Rangers this year. I don't know why. But I just don't see it. All right, here's I, mean, I don't either. I don't either. Here's a fun question. Who has a better chance? It's because of their rotation. Yeah. Who has a better chance, the Rockies or the Mariners? Rockies. <laughs> Rockies. Yeah. The, Rockies. Mar- the Mariners haven't had a chance in years. Who do they ha- – remember that one pod we were like, who do they even have? Yeah. Mariners have a decent lineup, yeah. <clears throat> but they, they have no pitch But if they can get on to the stretch like they did last year, they started out – what was it? like? Yeah, like 13 and 2 or whatever. Like, yeah, they were ridiculous last year. Okay, uh, the Mariners have no pitching whatsoever. Oh, god, they got some in the in the their prospects, but there won't be up yet. Yeah, then I can, yeah, then I'm bringing those guys up. I mean, Marco, Marco, <laughs> Marco Gonzalez is their ace, yeah. you know. Um, let's see, uh, the last one was the Padres. Will Myers, Will Myers is a pretty easy pick. Oh yeah, and down Will Myers. Yeah, he hands down. He's one of those. It's either a home run or a strikeout. So yeah, <laughs> put him up there. He's gonna be whenever they his contract's up. He's gonna be gone. You know what's funny with all this too? We went through the MLB draft profiles, and you know everyone looks so good. Like we talk about Zach Veen and we talked about uh, Austin Martin and Spencer Torkelson and all these guys and everything. And then we talk about some guys right now that we were just talking about a few years later. Nick Senzel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was he the fourth pick overall? I mean, where is he now? Bah, yeah, injuries, blah, blah, blah. Right. 
you know, some guys like that, like they, that's why I want to Will, Will Myers was a first round pick. I mean, this dude was a stud yeah, he was, when he came out. Yeah, for the, he was a beast for the Rays when he first came out. And what happened? Yeah. You know, you never know with these guys. You can't predict the next Mike Trout. That's why I want to. That's why I want to do an article on like looking back on one of the years. Like go look back on like the 2015 draft or something. Yeah, you'd have to go back definitely at least 15, if not even if not farther back than that. 2012. Because you got to figure if guys get drafted, if it takes them say three years to make it to the majors, even after even out of college at 21, if they make the majors at 24. Mm-hmm. Even if it takes him three years, it takes him another three years to really acclimate yeah. and become something. So I would say look back, I'd say 14, 13, 12. Yeah. Probably 13 or you something. Yeah. 13 was uh, – I think that was Judge's year that he was drafted. It could have been, yeah. Was that Correa also? Yeah, I think so. Carlos Correa? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of these guys that were drafted, I mean, I think back on, like, some early draft picks, it's like, <laughs> you mention them now, and it's like, who? You know, like, who the hell is that? <clears throat> Even Rookie of the Year award yeah. winners. I mean, I look back on the 90s, and I think back to, like, Rookie – Pat Listash. Do you even <laughs> know who he is? No. <laughs> He was a shortstop for the Milwaukee Brewers. He was a rookie of the year. I believe it was 1993. He led the league. I think he led the National League. And st- this is when Milwaukee, uh, the American League. This is when Milwaukee was in the American League. Right. He led the American League in stolen bases with like 50-something. He was rookie of the year. And the dude was out of baseball in like four years. Hmm. What, now, nowadays, like, some people are like, what, what is a stolen base? Yeah. Yeah. Look back on 1990. I think it was 1994 because I did the what if articles. Mm-hmm. Guess who won the rookie of the year that year in the American League? Manny Ramirez finished second. Number one, Bob Hamlin. Oh. <laughs> like, who the hell is that? He was a power right. hitting left left handed first baseman for the Kansas City Royals at 21 home runs in like 60 games. And like, you know, won the, won the rookie of the year award. Again, the dude was out of baseball in like five years. Oh, yeah, the, the like 20- you never know, man. Looking at the 2013 draft, Mark, Mark Appel was the first overall pick by the Astros. Great pick. Yeah. Chris. <laughs> Dave, uh, he's a goat. <clears throat> Chris Bryant was two. Yep. You got yeah, Judge was 32. And what year is this again? 2013. Okay, yeah. Uh, Austin Meadows, number nine. Huh? Okay. Clint Frazier was fifth overall. Wow. Damn. I didn't know he was that. Down goes Frazier. Mark, yeah, speaking of Marco Gonzalez, he was 19th overall by, wow. the, by the Cardinals. Well, he's, he's carved out a major league career. Some of these guys just don't yeah. even. DJ Peterson. Who the hell is that? Yeah. Phil Bickford. <laughs> yeah, this is it. This is what I'm talking about. Trey Ball, we, seventh overall pick. When we talk about these guys in the draft profiles, yeah, everyone sings their praises, not just us, but everyone else. Yeah. That's why they're first round picks. But you know what? Ninety percent of them 
won't last three years in the major leagues. No. It's the way it goes. You know, we see the same thing in other sports, too. I'm in the NFL. You see that all the time. Some guys are fifth. I mean, how many first, how many first round picks have busted in the NFL and been out by like, two years later? They're gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, did. I think that's the even, way it is, man. I think for baseball, it's like the mo- like you see that the most because like you go to the minors and then you might not even get, ever get to the league. Like, right. Yeah, at least with the NFL and the NBA and even the NHL too, you see the pros. Yeah. Quickly, and if in the NFL, I mean, you see the NFL. If you're a first round pick, you're basically on the team. Yeah. So, it's not like you have to wait. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, for the NBA. Just, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and that's the problem with the Major League Baseball draft. Yeah. That's why a lot of people don't really pay attention to it that much, is because, all right, my team, yes, the Detroit Tigers drafted Spencer Torkelson, number one overall. Great. You're not going to see him in Tiger Stadium for three years. <laughs> you know, in general. Well, for him, I think it was, that's the way it goes. I think he might be up next year, even. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. But for other guys, it's not the case. I haven't, I haven't paid attention to the MLB draft in years um, until I started working at the Scorecrow. <laughs> Did you get into uh, it a little bit this year? <laughs> Did you? Well, it's just, I mean, frankly, it's boring to me for the same reason you just said it's going to be years before I see this guy so yeah I'll follow my team and I'll follow all my all the articles and and write-ups and stuff about what someone is doing in the minors but you know excited about people that are drafted in the first two rounds, even third, fourth, whatever. Uh, in baseball, you're just like, cool, man. I'll see you in seven years. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. That's, that's, why th- God. that's why I think that, like, this year was only five rounds. I think well, I think they, at, to begin with, 40 rounds was too many. Like, they need to do, like, 20 or something. Mm-hmm. Oh but yeah, it's still not going to change that it's they're not going to see these guys for four years. I think it's good that they abbreviated it, frankly. Yeah. Um, because you get somebody in one of those super late rounds, and you you just you read his name, maybe you watch his highlights, you see his stats, and you're like, I'm never going to see that guy. It's not going to happen. Right. Um, and that doesn't mean that the, the talent isn't out there. I know, I know that it is, uh, and they need to be given a shot. So I'm glad they get a shot. Um, but I, your average fan is just like, I don't even need to know this guy's name. Right. Especially when it comes to pitching. 
Pitching lasts a lot. Oh, yeah. It takes a lot longer. I mean, if you're drafting a high school pitcher, you're not seeing this dude for six years. <laughs> I mean, it's that, you know, easily. It takes so long. I mean, hitting is hitting is a different story. Someone like a college hitter, someone like a Spencer Torkelson, someone like Adley Rushman, who was drafted first last year. The dude's going to be in the majors next year. So someone like that, you could see in like two years, you know, sure. a top prospect like that, a top guy. But once you get past, once you get past the first round, these guys are going to be in the minors for three years. Easy. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, if, so uh, yeah, prob- probably easy more. three years. Yeah, exactly. Easy three years, probably more like five. So, you know, aside from the Spencer Torkelson, the Austin Martin, you know, the Adley Rushman, you know, guys like Chris Bryant who were drafted second overall, Carlos Correa, like blah blah blah. Like Trout. Aside from that, yeah, and even Trout was drafted twenty fifth overall. <laughs> I mean, you know, Randall Grichik was drafted right before him. Oh yeah. You know. Same team. The Angels have back-to-back picks, yeah. but but even so, it's like, and who knows? Then you get the then you get the Mike Piazza who was drafted in the 62nd round, yeah. <laughs> the Albert Pujols who was 401st overall, you know, Jake Degrom who was drafted in the 10th round. I mean, yeah, you have these guys that are anomalies, but if you look back on Baseball Reference and you go through the drafts. There's barely anyone drafted after the second round that even makes the majors. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like you said, it's not it's not worth it for fans to watch it because it's like, all right, not only am I not going to see this guy for three to five years, but I might not ever see him. <laughs> Likelihood is I'm not ever going to see this guy in a major league roster. Whereas the other sports, you pretty much immediately – on the team. Yeah, I mean we so, we do it we do it because it's our job. But the average fan is like, mm-hmm. I don't care about that guy. Right. Just let me know if he's doing good and he might come up. Yeah. Yeah, well, you only look into him when he's traded for like a player. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. And then you look back 10 yeah. years later, you're like, yeah, we fucked these guys because we traded this guy for this guy. <laughs> and he turned into, yeah, he, he, you know. This guy was the player to be named later. Yeah, yeah. As, a, as a Reds fan, I can, I can tell you that that is 100% true. <laughs> oh, any, every fan, every, trust me, every franchise has gone through that. They're like, damn. <laughs> just looked at the trade later on and been like, damn. If we only held on to that guy. <laughs> if the Mets only held on to Nolan Ryan. Oh, if the <laughs> Reds if the Reds only held on to DD Gregorius. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I think we've been going a little while, but <laughs> Yeah, baseball. We get baseball in what a week from today. Spring, uh, spring training. Spring training. So, yeah. Is it June? Yeah, it's June twenty fourth. <laughs> Son of a bitch! What day is it? <laughs> I know, right? Coronavirus got everyone. I think it's Sunday. 
my life hasn't changed. I still go to work every day. (laughs) I know you have, and I appreciate (laughs) you working, even though it doesn't affect me. Well, thank you. I am. I'm sitting here in my little little (laughs) cove. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, if you want to just plug yourselves quick. Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at jball0202. And you can find us at Scorecrow on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Reddit. And YouTube. All social media. And YouTube. That's right. Um, yeah, that's about it. Check us out. A bunch of stuff going on. Constantly putting out articles, MLB keeping you busy through the COVID thing and leading up to the seasons coming up. Glad to be here, Alex. Um, I'm uh, on Twitter at buy and sell you. And uh, of course, the Scorecrow as well on all pl- on all platforms. And um uh, yeah, it's good stuff, man. This is fun. Yeah, hope to get some more stuff going when we get a season and talk about stuff that's happening. Like, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I you can't can wait. Find, you can find me on Twitter at Alex Keeler. Um, yeah, as a, they both said the Scorecrow stuff. You can find all that stuff. Um, you could be doing the Mount Rushmore articles as we talked about before. And then, you know, as the season rolls around, probably get some fantasy stuff going, too. So that'll be exciting. So we're, we're excited for a season to finally be coming. Hopefully it sticks. There's no uh, pushback. No, I mean, no shutdown again after more cases come or something. I think we're going to get it, though. I think um, I'm hopeful that it's going to push through all the way. And we'll see, you know, in the end of some or whatever it is, the end of, like, in into October, I guess. We'll see who's on top, who gets the championship this year. So, yeah, we'll be back. Another episode, probably probably a couple weeks. When, see when the season's about to start, I guess we'll have another episode. So, yeah, as always, you can never have too much pod tar.